Hey all, today Angela and I are chatting about Richie Norton's brand new book, Anti-Time Management, which is released today. So Yay. go ahead and grab your copy at marketingmomspodcast.com forward slash anti-time management. Today we are going to talk about our big takeaways from the book from a marketing mom's perspective, some of the things we liked, some of the things we didn't like too much, and uh, how overall the book really was great and how we think that it can apply to a marketing mom specifically versus just here's a book for everyone. Balancing building a successful business and being a superstar mom is hard, and yet, in today's digital world, it's more common than ever. The question becomes, how do we successfully grow a business and children at the same time? Join us for a candid conversation as we share our experiences and insights into marketing and motherhood. I'm Jesse Valle. And I'm Angela Reeder. Welcome to the Marketing Moms Podcast. All right, so jumping into Richie Norton's new book, Anti-Time Management. Overall, I have to say, I I really enjoyed the book. I mean, I have 20 sticky notes sticking out of it, and I know you have just about the same. So <laughs> she's counting them right now. <laughs> I have exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So obviously, we found a lot of golden nuggets in the book that – that we think really helped. Now, Angela and I are very big on on setting goals and organization and doing like breaking goals down to like quarter goals and monthly goals and things like that. So the idea of anti-time management kind of made us halt because we we're like, wait a minute, do not manage your time. Like we are all <laughs> about time management and organization and as moms and business owners were like, uh, if I don't manage my time, nothing gets done. Yeah. So well, I was and, a little skeptical going in, to be honest. <laughs> yes. And, and I, I know it cracked Jesse up because when we got into the launch, the book launch group, one of the first things I did was post and say, I was really looking forward to reading the book because I, and I know Jesse tend to be skeptical of male CEO time management advice because it does not usually apply to women moms and especially marketing moms that run their own business and I was you know looking forward to seeing if there was anything in the book that would be worthwhile and I have to say there was I was kind of pleasantly surprised that there were some little nuggets of wisdom in there that really did kind of change my perspective on the way that I look at my time management. Right. And I think one of Richie's strengths is that he did try to think about things from everyone's perspective, like a mom's perspective, a dad's perspective, um, people who do not have kids. Like he really did try to look at things from the perspective of anyone. But at the end of the day, I think this is mostly a book for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I feel like because uh, at the end of the day, he's I mean, he did talk about how you could be an employee and, you know, you could do these things. But for the most part, he's talking about you making money to fit your life, not the yeah. other way around. And so a lot of ways that people make money is 
by being their own boss, especially for the flexibility. That's just kind of how I felt about it. Yeah. And a lot of the examples in the book were more high level, either entrepreneurs that are ready to kind of step out of the, you know, up more up into CEO style management of their business or CEOs of like established companies. So there there was a bit of that, but it was clearly written with the idea of you being in control of your own schedule, which mostly applies to entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we've got a few things that we wanted to kind of go over some of these like major takeaway moments. And uh, obviously, we, we like we do want you to go read the book. I mean, that yes. would be ideal. Um, just because like I said, we each have 20 little sticky notes and we've gone through them together and not all of them are the same, which means we have over 20 little items that we (laughs) felt strongly enough about to mark. We can't talk about that all in this one tiny little episode with you. And that's not even all the things we like highlighted. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So just, we still, even though we're going to go over these things, we still definitely recommend you go grab your copy, um, But anyway, so I think the first thing that I thought about was going into the book open-minded. We kind of already touched on this when you said that we were both kind of going in skeptical. And I knew that. So the first thing I was like is like, no, okay, anti-time management. This is not time management. I'm going to go into this open-minded to see if – because sometimes when you're you're skeptical and you're closed off, you're not open to the possibility that – looking at something from a different perspective actually might work for you. So that was kind of my first thing was I needed to go into it open-minded. Yeah, I agree. I was definitely a little more skeptical going into it, but I was trying to remind myself that, you know, the bar wasn't super high, (laughs) but that there were, I, now I enjoy Richie Norton's podcast. I Mm -hmm. have always kind of been a a fan of his. So I was looking forward to that from that aspect. And I was sure there was going to be some nuggets in there that were going to be really good. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I found in there that I really, really did enjoy. I just absolutely devoured the book. Once I finally got around to reading it, it took me a while. (laughs) (laughs) But once I did, I absolutely just devoured it over vacation and just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I would say that that some of it wasn't necessarily new ideas, Mm -hmm. but you know how sometimes you need to hear a certain thing at a certain time in your life? Yep. That was kind of what it was a little bit for me, was like, there are certain things in there that I had heard before but I needed to hear them right then. And there were also things that were completely new ideas to me that I was really happy to to kind of take and learn about and think about. So one of the things for me that I had heard before, but it really stuck with me with Richie's vivid examples and he really tried to be like, not just here's a principle, but really showing you how it could be applied, which I really liked. Uh, One of the things was just like, say you're something and just be it, right? So he gives this example of this uh, girl who wanted to be a rapper. Well, you don't just want to be a rapper. You say, I'm a rapper, and then you be it. And guess what? She sucked a lot for a long time. And I won't ruin the story, but 
Like, even when you are bad at something, you just say you are it. And I think moms as business owners really struggle with this. I'm going to bring it back to us marketing moms because I have actually heard someone who was doing an MLM say that they're not, they don't like, they're a mom, but they don't really have a business. I'm like, wait, what? No, you do have a business. I understand that you're selling a product through an MLM, which I think is great because they can help with the process some. So you're not like completely on your own, but you're still a business owner. You still have to be the one to go out and find clients and sell product and market and all these things. You're a business owner. So for you to not, to say you're not a business owner is a mental thing. Yeah. And I think sometimes like, at least for me, it's a personal problem. I feel like I have to be perfect. I have, I'm definitely a perfectionist. I have that syndrome. And so if I'm not perfect at something, I have a hard time saying I'm do it. I can do it. Like I literally have a degree in Spanish. I was a Spanish teacher for six years and I have a hard time telling people I speak Spanish because I'm not perfect. But yeah. we, we've spoken English how long? Our entire lives. Do you think we know everything about the English language? No. But would you say we're English speakers? Yes. Yes. So My grammarly might disagree with that. I don't think it thinks I speak English. <laughs> so true. But like, why do I have such a hard time telling people I know Spanish when I have a literal degree in the language? <laughs> it's a mental block for me mm-hmm. because if I'm not perfect, I get scared. Yeah. And I know we've talked a little bit about how hard it was for me to tell people that I own a business. Yeah. Um, and for and for a long time, what do you do? Oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom or I'm a stay-at-home mom or and I work from home, but not I own a business. Like that took a long time. And it is that mental block of not wanting to, you know, because then there's the what do you do? How much do you make? What kind of business is mm-hmm. it? And it feels very intimidating. But yeah, it is really important to step into that role. And here's what I am. I don't have any problem telling people I'm a mom. I'm certainly not perfect at that. Like, <laughs> oh, so. no, I am. I'm, I'm totally the perfect You're perfect. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, but when it comes to those outside things, outside of that role as mom, it gets really difficult. So yeah, yeah I think it does. that was, that was definitely something that really struck me too. And another thing from that same section was the checklist that comes with it. And I felt like that sort of helped get me into a mindset where I was a little more open to reading further into the book. Yeah. Yeah. I I really enjoyed the fact that he kind of opened with that idea because I feel like that and that story kind of did open my mind to say, you know what? You can say you're something and be bad at it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you're not that thing. Mm-hmm. You can say you're a business owner and you don't have 20 years of experience under your belt. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you're not a business owner. I'm like wagging my finger at Angela like I'm <laughs> chastising her. Angela. None of you guys can see that though. <laughs> I'm wagging my finger at you, Angela. Just because. Just <laughs> because. Yes. Um, so I think that starting the book off that way was really good for me just to it did open my mind to to take in the rest of 
the new ideas that he was about yeah. to to present to me in the rest of the book. Yeah, I really did like the way that opened and kind of giving yourself that permission to just be the thing. Skip all of the middle stuff mm -hmm. and just be the thing. <laughs> just be the thing. Yep. If you're enjoying this candid chat, you can get early access, exclusive content, and more by supporting us on Patreon. Simply visit patreon.com forward slash marketing moms. Now, back to the show. The next thing that I kind of wanted to chat about was the idea of final cause, which Richie you know, brings up a lot during the book. The idea of final cause is to kind of, this is I think where he gets the time tipping, mm -hmm. is that you look towards the result at the end and prioritize that, like the result, the meaning, not prioritizing the means to get there. Like you prioritize the end result and then the rest you can figure out along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked that. And I felt like he had some really good examples in the book for that because the the final cause kind of wrapping my head around that was a little difficult but I really did like how he walked you through it and how he explained focusing on that as being your first priority and starting with your values and where you want to end up and I know like we talk about that when we do our um, goal setting in the quarters like what do we want the end result to be mm -hmm. and then we go back to like how do you get there yeah so that kind of that helped a little bit but I did really like that and I felt like that theme kind of carrying through the book and with the time tipping and having that being the focus um, was really helpful and kind of comprehending what he was trying to say about the anti-time management yeah, for sure. And I just kept thinking about how it, no one said it was easy, right? Mm -hmm. So just going into it knowing this is the goal, but no one said it was easy, that, that kind of is what gets me is because it's like, okay, well, let's say that I want a life that looks like, you know, me going out and taking bike rides in the middle of the day. Yeah. Which I actually hopefully plan on doing this afternoon. And not only that, I did it last week. We um, biked a couple miles to Dairy Queen, <laughs> yes. had lunch, pit stop, and biked a couple miles back. And you know what? I was a little stressed during it because it was the middle of the day. I knew that I had work to get done. But I tried to prioritize what was important to me, which was spending time with my family as a whole before my daughter started school. Yep. And so being able to prioritize that, at the end of the day, when my head hit the pillow, I did not regret anything that I had done because I lived with that final cause in mind, which it was, you know, pumping up my values. Yeah. First, prioritizing my values first. And I can't tell you what your values are. 
So that's something personal that you have to figure out. But for me, it was definitely spending time with my family as a whole, and I was able to accomplish that. I was also, thanks to, oh my gosh, I said I was going to write it down and I didn't. Parkinson's Law. See, I just needed a minute to think. (laughs) Thanks to Parkinson's Law, tasks expand to the time allotted. So if the time that I gave work that day, guess what? All the work got done. Yep. And I was still able to get the work done and I was able to prioritize what meant the most to me at the time, which is my family. Yep. And I found a, a quote in the book about the final cause that I think helps a little bit. And it says, rescue your goal from the ledge of your long distance timeline and bring it home by placing it directly at the center of your life. Act from your future, not toward it. Yeah, I like that. It's kind of the same thing of like, say you're going to be something and be it. Yeah. Like, don't say, oh, one day I want to, you know, I'm working really hard right now so that one day I can be someone who works four hours a day. Yeah. Now, this is going to be really tough. Again, never said it was easy. But if you want to be someone who only works four hours a day, you really should try your best to do that from the beginning or at least a couple days a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something else he said is when you start a new business, for example, you have to bake. I, I don't remember the exact quote, but the idea was you have to bake what you like the life you want to live and your values into it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You can't add them at the end. It's like a workaholic CEO that works and works and works and works and works. And I think I felt this too, starting my own business and just like working all the time, working so hardcore that by the time I reached a level of I can pull back, it was really, really hard to because I didn't know how. I didn't know how not to overwork myself. I didn't know how to let – life in a little bit but if you do that from the beginning if you bake it in from the beginning it it really helps and that was that was kind of something else that really struck me because I was like okay well if I want to be the type of person that can take bike rides with my family in the middle of the day then I need to do it like starting now I can't like say I'm gonna get to that one day no I need to be the type of person that does it now yeah And one of my big takeaways kind of goes with that. And it was from the, the chapter about build the castle and then the moat. So Mm -hmm. like building that goal, that life that you want for yourself and then putting those things into place that are boundaries around that, that will protect the thing that you've built. So yeah, when you're first starting out your business, you're going to work a little more hours to get going, Mm -hmm. but you bake in that idea that you're not going to be working 12 hours a day forever. Yeah. You have this end goal in mind and you work toward that. And as you build that, you're putting things in place that will create boundaries and make it so that you can live that life that you want. And I know that's something that I've struggled with in my business. Like when I first started my business, I had, I had an idea in my head of like what it was going to look like in 
five years, six years when all my kids were in school, I was going to be working, you know, five, six hours a day. I was going to be making X amount of money. I was going to be doing all this. And I had that goal in mind, but I never really put those boundaries around it to get there and then be able to protect (laughs) that thing that Mm -hmm. I had. Like now my kids are in school, not working five or six hours a day, but I'm getting there. But I'm I'm getting to that point where I've built this castle for myself where my business fits into my life, not the other way around, and I'm making a good amount of money and I'm able to spend time with my kids. And now it's time for me to start putting those boundaries into place so that I can protect that. And I see that starting to become a necessity as more clients are asking for calls, as more emergencies pop up, as I'm starting to maybe need to outsource things to be able to protect that goal that I had of being able to fit my business into my life and have more time to spend with my family. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking, it reminded me of a book I read a couple of years ago. It's called The Perfect Week Formula by Craig Ballantyne with Austin Gillis. Build your business around your life, not your life around your business, mm-hmm. which is very similar. And I remember a story. See, here's here's why you should add stories <laughs> into your book. Yes. Um, I remember this story of him talking about a friend of his who I can't remember if it was just like an afternoon or a day or something like that where it was like this, I don't know, I'll just say Wednesday afternoon. Every Wednesday afternoon – he did not work. It was time for him and his wife and he protected it with his life. So if somebody's like, can I schedule a meeting Wednesday afternoon? Nope. Nope. Hey, um, we have this fire going on at work. Oh, sorry. Somebody else has to handle it because it's Wednesday afternoon and I hang out with my wife. Like period, the end. Like he under no circumstance let people like in to that precious time he had had set a boundary around. And did people hate him for it? No. Were they annoyed by it? Sure, you could you could be annoyed by it, but they respected it. And I know certain people who are like that with uh the weekends or even specifically Sunday. Like yeah. I might let work creep in a little bit on Saturday, but Sunday is no. Like Sunday is the family day. It's the day that I refuse to work. Because if you work seven days a week, you're going to get burned out. Yeah. So I I really liked that book too about, you know, other than the fact that that one, the perfect week formula, that one, if I remember correctly, it really did have you kind of like yeah. micromanaging your time a bit, which I didn't like, which is why I do like anti-time management. Yeah. You're not micromanaging your time. It's more about the ideals of your time. So like sitting here, for example, right now, like, why am I doing this? Why am I recording this podcast with Angela? Well, because it's a priority of mine to have things that light me up. I Mm -hmm. really enjoy this podcast. It's fun for me. I look forward to it. The moment it becomes a chore is the moment we will stop. Yep. And I'm prioritizing it and because I enjoy it. And this is the type of person I want to be, which is someone who helps others that may be a few steps behind me. So 
Yeah. Just saying. I think that's a I think that's a great example. And again, with the castle and the moat, mm-hmm. we built boundaries around this where we block out the time mm-hmm. to spend together to work on the podcast, to record the podcast, to do other things for it because it is one of our priorities and one of our goals and something that we value. Right. All right. So this week's challenge is to first Grab your copy of Richie Norton's Anti-Time Management at marketingmomspodcast.com forward slash anti-time management. Read it (laughs) and start time tipping today. And as always, let us know what you thought of the book, what you thought your biggest takeaways were, or how you are time tipping by tagging us or just letting us know over on Instagram at marketingmomspodcast. And of course, um, you can hashtag anti-time management and even Richie will jump in and uh, comment, which is kind of cool. Yep. Thank you for joining us today. We're so honored this is where you chose to spend your time. If this episode helped you in some way, please share it with another mom who needs to hear it. We're in this together. And if you're looking to spend even more time with us, visit marketingmomspodcast.com for more episodes, free goodies, and ways to connect. Don't forget to check out our brand new Marketing Moms book, now available on Amazon.